Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Well, Merry Christmas, Movement Church. I can hardly believe we are just like 12 days away from Christmas. It feels like it came so quickly this year, even though we've been playing Christmas music in my house since like November 1st. I don't know about you, we set up the Christmas tree on November 16th and uh, we've been just listening to Christmas music and we have some favorite Christmas songs. What about you? You know, for me, I I have to hear that it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? You got to hear that song on Christmas when we're celebrating or maybe have a holly jolly Christmas or chestnuts roasting on an open fire or jingle bells, whatever it might be. All of these songs communicate that the Christmas time is kind of supposed to be this joy-filled, trouble-free season. But often, it's not that way, is it? <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be the, the most wonderful time of the year, the hap, happiest season of all. But let me ask you honestly, is that what you've been experiencing this Christmas season? You know, maybe, but maybe not. For, for some of you tuned in right now, personal problems, this freaking pandemic. I mean, my goodness, can I say that? All the things seem to be causing your joy to just be limited a little bit this Christmas. And I think it's because we have these tremendously high expectations for Christmas. We want everything to be perfect, but for some, it could be a difficult season because something has interrupted the joy. You know, maybe it's sickness. Maybe you've experienced loss or death. Maybe you're in the middle of some financial crisis. Maybe you're, you're feeling the pressure right now and it feels like it's too much to carry. Maybe, maybe you're just discouraged. I don't know what you might be dealing with, but it feels like one crisis after another has just kind of run us over this year. And I don't know about you, but 2020 kind of just feels like I have crisis fatigue. It really does. And with such an avalanche of problems, it feels challenging to have a holly jolly Christmas, doesn't it? You know, in fact, that can almost feel a little bit depressing and delusionment disillusionment at Christmas is is not an unusual thing. I think we get so hyped up with our expectations of Christmas that that when things don't measure up to what we're hoping for, we can often find ourselves disappointed. So what I want to talk to you about today is how to avoid that disillusionment. How can you improve your level of joy this Christmas? What I really want to talk about today is how can you experience a wonderful, wonder-filled Christmas this year. So can I take a minute and pray for us? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for every person tuned in online today. God, I thank you that you know their story. God, that you're not surprised by anything that they're walking through during this season. God, I thank you that today 
you want to remind us how big, how wonderful, how amazing you are. So God, I pray that you would open our hearts to exactly what you want to say today. God, I thank you for what you're going to speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You know, I just wanna talk to you today about three different thoughts from the story of the wise men who followed the star of wonder. And this is found in the book of Matthew, chapter two, verses one through 12. And it says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the peoples and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where was this Messiah to be born? And they said to him, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said this, go, and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, I love this story of the wise men that we get to read at Christmas. I, I love hearing the story of, of these men who saw a star often referred to as the star of wonder. And they went to follow the star, to find the long awaited Messiah. I love this story in the scripture. And verse one kind of set the stage for us, introducing us to these characters. These characters were magi, which are also known as wise men who had traveled from the east, from an area in or around Babylon. And I don't know if you know this or not, but Babylon is actually modern day Iraq. You know, I don't know for sure where the wise men got their information, but many scholars believe that they, they found this information from the writings of the prophet Daniel. And that would make sense because if you are a student of the Bible, you know that David spent much of his time as a young man into adulthood in Babylonian captivity. And the Lord blessed and prospered him and he became one of the wise men of Babylon, one of the magi. In fact, he became the chief magi. And as Daniel studied and he wrote about things, he could have left this important information that would perhaps later guide the Magi to the king of the Jews. You know, Daniel's prophecies and the prophecies found in the book of Micah were what pointed these men to seek out this coming king. And they knew that this king would be born in Bethlehem. And there were writings that a star would signal the times. So here we are. We have these wise, influential men 
and they have been studying the prophecies and they see the star appear in the sky and they make this decision that they are going to go and follow the star and hopefully discover the long-awaited Messiah. They went to go on this journey And I just relate to this in so many ways. In 2011, when God put it and carries in my heart to move to Southern California to start a church, we had no idea where we were going to go. We just knew that God had put a dream in our heart. He had given us this word that this was something we were supposed to do. And so many of you have heard us tell the story that we set out on this journey with great expectation. And, and sometimes we describe it like a journey with a spiritual metal detector, just going, God, where do you want us to go? And as we came into Southern California and drove through Ventura and LA and down to Orange County, we just felt like through, through a series of conversations with people we trusted and, and learned from and through the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we felt like God was just pointing us towards Orange County. And I'll never forget the sense of wonder as we exited the five in Huntington Beach and cut down to the PCH. And we took the PCH all the way in through Laguna, took a left at Crown Valley and went to a street called Flying Cloud where we got out of the car and we stood and we looked at this amazing region and we felt this sense of wonder as we felt like God was saying, this is where I've called you to start a church. It was this journey into the unknown and we had to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, but it created and evoked this sense of wonder. And I imagine this is what the wise men were experiencing as well. Can you imagine when the wise men were getting ready to go on this journey and they're telling their neighbors that they're leaving and they say, oh, you're going on a journey. Well, well, where are you going? And they say, somewhere in Bethlehem, not exactly sure where. And they go, okay, well, how long are you going to be gone? Not quite sure on that either. I, I think that it must have seemed foolish to everyone around them, but the wise men they decided to make this trip because they had faith in something so much bigger than themselves. You see, they had seen the star and it was evidence. It was evidence to them that this prophecy was real. And now they had to set out on a journey to find the promised king. And they were willing to risk everything. They were willing to leave the safety of their homes, to go on this perilous journey to find the King of Kings. They were willing to walk in faith in the middle of the unknown, following a star that would lead them to Jesus. Why? Because they were seeking Jesus. Deuteronomy 4.29 tells us this, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and soul. You see, the wise men didn't just believe in prophecies that they had heard about the coming king. They made a decision to set out and find him. So how do we increase our wonder this season? I believe part of it is this. Wonder is found in the seeking. Wonder is found in the seeking. So let me ask you a question today. What do you seek? You see, I think our level of joy at Christmas time is directly related to what we are seeking. So ask yourself this question, what is it that I want to get out of this Christmas season? What, 
What is it that would make your Christmas wonderful and satisfying this year? Is it snow? I hate to break it to all my friends in Orange County right now, but you might have to go to the mountains for some snow. Is it, is it having your family all gathered together to celebrate the holiday season? Is it giving the perfect gift to someone? Or perhaps it's receiving the perfect gift. You see, the problem with all of these kind of expectations, these things that we might be seeking this Christmas experience is that they can leave us feeling a little disappointed. Have you ever had that kind of experience before? Being disappointed by Christmas because it didn't deliver everything that you were expecting it to. The problem isn't Christmas. The problem is our expectations. You see, we're looking for the wrong thing. And the Magi show us how to increase our level of joy by looking for the right thing. So what is it they were looking for? Verse two told us, it said, they came to Jerusalem and they said this, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. You see, the Magi were looking for Jesus. Christmas for them was an opportunity to worship Jesus. And this is exactly what you and I need to be looking for this Christmas season looking to experience a moment of worship, a glimpse of exactly who Jesus is. I just think that if our goal this Christmas is truly to find Jesus, to worship Jesus, I doubt we will be dissatisfied by our experience. So how about this Christmas we make a decision to seek Jesus? You know, my daughter Avery is not a very great seeker. Um, when she loses things, they are often very hard to find. And I'll send her looking for whatever has been lost, whether it's her AirPods or the Apple remote. That is something that gets lost quite often. And most recently, she lost the Apple remote while she was watching TV. And I said, Avery, you've got to go find it. And I came into the room and she was standing in the living room staring at the Christmas tree. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm looking for the Apple remote. And I said, did you think that the Apple remote landed in the Christmas tree? Why are you looking at the Christmas tree? And she said, I don't know. I don't know where to look. And I was like, Avery, you've got to look in the right places. Where was the last place you were at? And she said, well, on the couch. Well, you need to look in the cushions of the couch. She's just not the best seeker. And I know that some of you wives are elbowing your husbands at home right now because they may not be the best seekers as well. But you know, if we truly want to seek and find and experience Jesus this year, we've got to look in the right places. You know, we often say our feelings follow our focus. So let me ask you, what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on? If we truly want to experience and find Jesus, we've got to look in the right places. One of the places we can look is to the word of God. There's fresh revelation in the word of God of who Jesus is. And if you'll carve out time to to dive into and study and read the word of God and ask God to reveal himself to you in brand new ways, I promise he will. That's that scripture we read about. If you seek him, you will find him. He's there to be found. You know, another place that we, we see so much of who God is is in nature. 
I think in California, we have the most beautiful sunsets during the winter. And when I walk outdoors to see the sun setting and the sky turning all kinds of colors of pink, I am overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And the scripture tells us in Psalm 19:1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. There's something beautiful when we look into nature and we discover the bigness of who God is. Isaiah 20, 26 says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Listen, you need to know that when we look to nature to experience the the hugeness of who God is, we will always have our breath taken away. We'll always experience wonder. God set every star in the sky and he calls it by name. He ordained every day and every moment in the creation of the world. In fact, that star of wonder that the Magi followed, God set into motion on day one of creation and knew exactly where it would be at the exact right time for the Magi to spot it and for it to lead them to his son, Jesus. I love this about who God is. It creates a sense of wonder and awe about how big and powerful he is. Wonder is found in the seeking. Number two, wonder is expressed in worship. It's expressed in worship. The scripture tells us that on coming to the house, the wise men saw the child with his mother and they bowed down and worshiped him. You see, those wise men set out on a journey with with an idea of what they might find. But when they got there and they walked into this room and they saw this child with his mother, it says that they bowed down and they worshiped him. They fell on their knees in worship. You know, have you ever been around a brand new baby? Come into a room where there's a brand new baby. Wes and Brittany Wilson just had a beautiful baby girl. And I loved seeing the pictures of her. But there's this this sense of awe and wonder that comes with a brand new baby. This, This stillness that happens when you come into the room where an infant is. It's like you approach the room more quietly, more tenderly, with this sense of expectation. There's nothing like having a sleeping child fall asleep on your chest. It's, it's the most beautiful thing and it, and it elicits the sense of wonder. And, and the wise men walked in and they see this, this woman with this child and they immediately bowed down. And I just pictured the atmosphere being so still and so holy. And they bowed down in humble adoration, not to a powerful ruler, not to a dictator, but to a, a child. And they didn't need an explanation of who he was. They didn't have to wait to see what he would do for him. There there were no questions, no demands, nothing. They just fell down and they worshiped. You see, worship shows reverence. It shows love and adoration. One of my absolutely favorite Christmas songs is, Oh, come, let us adore him. There's just something about that song. It just reminds me of the the importance of just pausing to sit in a place of worship for how good and big God is. When we get a revelation of this, 
It becomes more than just what can God do for me? It just becomes, God, I'm so grateful for who you are, for what you've already done. And when we begin to look at Christmas from that perspective, it should create a response of worship. You know, I was driving home from taking my daughter to school just uh, the other day, and I, I just had so many things on my to-do list, but I felt like I just needed to see the ocean. And so I turned and I drove down the PCH, and, and I, I pulled over at Capo Beach and parked the car for a moment, and I thought, I really need to get home. I have so much to do. But I felt like the Holy Spirit just prompted me to take a moment. And so I got out of the car, and I put my AirPods in, and I had worship music playing, and, and I began to walk down into the sand and I sat down on the rocks right in front of the waves that were crashing and I I just sat for a moment and part of me wanted to get up and get the to-do list done but I just felt like God was saying could you just be here for a moment and if you know me at all you know that the beach is my happy place and so as I sat there with my feet on the rocks the waves were rolling in and as they would come they would crash on the rocks in front of me and they would splash up and almost touch me, but not quite. And I found myself laughing out loud as I'm sitting there at the ocean. And I looked around and I thought, oh my goodness, I wonder what people are going to think of me right now. But it was just this moment where I felt like God reminded me, could you just pause in delight in my presence? Could you pause in delight in my creation? For me, that was a moment of being still It was a moment of looking at the goodness of God and being able to worship him with my delight. You see, these wise men were the wisest men of their times. They were geniuses. They were scientists. And and yet when they came into the presence of Jesus, they humbled themselves by bowing down to worship him. And I imagine that would have looked ridiculous to some people that were watching people that were unfamiliar with the prophecies, with the word of God. And I just want to challenge you. Maybe sometimes your worship feels or looks ridiculous to some people you know. Maybe you've been awfully concerned about what people will think. Maybe even in the moments of doing church online, as we sing songs of worship, you've been hesitant to actually sing out loud or you felt awkward raising your hands in your living room and and you've hesitated because it just feels a little awkward and you wonder what people will think or maybe someone has said something to you before, like why do you go to that church or why, why do you believe in God? Smart people don't believe in God, but... Yet the wisest men of our times, they bowed down to worship Jesus. And I think the wisest individuals still do. Wonder is expressed in worship. It's expressed in worship. Hey, what if each day leading up to Christmas, you took time to just simply worship Jesus? to take delight in him? What if you made it your goal for the next 12 days leading up to Christmas to carve out a moment in each day where you just simply found delight in who God is? I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's going down to be close to the ocean. That's what I love to do. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe for you, it's putting a fire in the fireplace and sitting and reading a book or having a cup of hot chocolate. I don't know what brings delight to your soul, but I know this, that those moments of delight spark the remembrance of the goodness of God. 
how wonderful He is. And what if we took the time leading up to Christmas to worship Him, to take delight in Him? Wonder is expressed in worship. You know, the wise men, the scripture tells us that after they bowed down to worship, it says they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that leads me to my final point. Wonder is experienced in giving. Wonder is experienced in giving. You know, one of my favorite things to do at Christmas time is to give gifts to my kids. I love planning and shopping and wrapping the gifts. They get so excited when there is a gift under the tree with their name on it. In fact, they could probably tell you right now how many gifts are under the tree with their name on it. They get so excited and it brings me delight to see the smiles on their faces when they open those gifts. And you know, God gave us the greatest gift ever when he sent his son, Jesus. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I love that scripture because it reminds us that God is a giver. He is a giver, but we can also experience wonder when we approach him like the wise men did all those years ago with a generous heart. And I just kind of figured since it's Jesus's birthday and that's the entire reason we're celebrating Christmas, what if we celebrate him with some gifts? But what do you give to the person who has everything? I mean, that's always a question for me. What do you give to the person who has everything? Well, Micah 6, 8, I think breaks this down for us. It says this, he has told you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Listen, what does the Lord desire from you? Except this, to be just and to love and diligently practice kindness or compassion and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of self-importance and self-righteousness. This is simply what God desires from us. So what do you give to someone who has everything? Well, these three things. What is it to, to actually be just, to fight for what is fair, to stand up for the voiceless, to actually do what is right. Hey, this is something that pleases the heart of God. This is a gift we can actually give to be just. Maybe, it, maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe it's just choosing to do what's right when doing the right thing is hard to do. Maybe it's standing up for someone who can't stand up for themselves. To do justice is to please the heart of God. I love that other part when the amplified version, it says to diligently practice kindness and compassion. I love that, to diligently practice kindness and compassion. What if this Christmas, we just made it our goal to diligently practice kindness and compassion? You know, a handful of years ago, I was in LA with Pastor Holly and we had gone to lunch and we were walking to our car and a man approached us and, and asked us if we had any money. And, and Holly, in all of her generosity, fumbled through her purse and found a few dollars that she extended to this man. And he was so surprised that she would actually respond to his request. And he kind of fumbled for a moment and said, thank you so much and, and hesitated. And he put his head down a little bit. And she said, well, what's your name? And he said, my name's Hubert. And we said, hi, Hubert. And Holly said to him, hey, Hubert, I'm, I wanna bless you this Christmas and I want you to know God loves you. And immediately this man 
started to cry. And he looked at both of us and he said, I I don't even know why you're talking to me right now. And I have a hard time believing that God could love me because I've done way too many things wrong. And Holly said, no, Hubert, you need to know that you didn't have to do anything at all, that God loves you in the middle of all your mess. And he said, but no, you don't understand. I've got AIDS. And we said, you know what? God loves you in the middle of that. And he started to cry and he said, I've never heard that before. And we said, can we pray for you? And we stopped right there in the middle of the street in downtown LA and we prayed for this man named Hubert and walked away remembering that sometimes slowing down to show kindness and compassion in the midst of a a busy season is the thing that pleases the heart of God the most. Because God, God loves Hubert and God loves you. You don't have to do anything to earn his love. He loves you exactly as you are. In fact, I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give to Jesus is simply to surrender our heart. You know, maybe you're tuned in right now and maybe like Hubert, you've struggled to believe that God could love you. Maybe you feel like you just have done way too many things and you need to get your life together first. And I'm just here to tell you, God loves you exactly as you are right now in this moment. In fact, one of the greatest gifts that God gave to us was his son, Jesus. It's why we celebrate Christmas. See, God loved you so much. He desired relationship with you. So he sent his son, Jesus, because a price had to be paid for our sins. And Jesus came and he lived a perfect life on earth. And the Bible tells us that he gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross to pay the price for your sins and mine. And there's nothing that we can do to earn that. It is the free gift of God for all who believe. And I just wanna pause right here for a moment and just tell you if you've never made a decision to surrender your heart to Jesus, the greatest gift you could ever give this Christmas is simply your heart. And I wanna take a moment and pray a prayer with you. And maybe you're tuned in and you've been running from God. You've been making all the excuses. I just believe that today's the day to come back. Wonder, wonder is experienced in giving. And today I believe that God wants you to experience wonder as you surrender your heart to Him. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are? And if you're listening, and you need to make a decision to surrender your heart to Jesus today, would you just pray this simple prayer with me? Say, dear God, I know that you're real. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. And today, I'm making a decision to follow you. And let these words be the cry of your heart. Simply say, Jesus, I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. 
Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. 